Um, all right, you ready? Enough of that mushy stuff. If you got your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 15 and 2 Samuel chapter 12. Luke chapter 15, 2 Samuel chapter 12. Just so you know, we are going to bounce back and forth between these two passages because the story of David uh, and uh, his journey to repentance and the story of the prodigal son really do parallel one another. And it's so cool because David's a king and it's his version of this story, but repentance is exactly the same whether you're a, a king or whether you're somebody who wakes up with the pigs uh, and, uh, and is living in absolute squalor at that point. The journey to repentance, it doesn't matter what class you come from, it doesn't matter what color your skin, doesn't matter what family name you grew up with, it's always the same when it comes to repentance, and we're going to illustrate that today, all right? Luke 15 and 2 Samuel 12. As you're flipping that direction, our study today starts with this question. Have you ever heard a crowd roar before, all right? Have you ever heard a crowd roar before? I mean, I'm telling you, there's some of you, it's a great Super Bowl day question, right? You heard the crowd roar before. Some of you former athletes, you experienced the roar of the crowd. Casey, I'm sure there was a double you hit back in the day where the crowd roared in softball. I mean, some of you had that experience before. Um, my wife and I, when we first moved here, lived at 100 Capitol Yards, just right across the street over here. And that was back when there weren't a whole lot of high rises in every direction. There were a few, uh, but there was kind of a straight shot to the stadium here. Velocity was there. 909 was here. Uh, but a lot of the other buildings weren't, uh, weren't built yet. And so I'll never forget that first year, uh, we moved here in 2014. And the Nats had a player who shall not be named, Bryce Harper, all right, uh, who uh, hit quite a few home runs, but he had never hit a walk-off home run before. And so what we used to do is in our little apartment over here, it didn't, we didn't have a balcony, but you could slide the door over, leave the screen open. And we loved it because you could hear the sounds of the stadium, but you could watch the game on television. And so we're watching the game and we learned something. We learned that there is a six-second delay between what happens at the stadium live and what happens uh, when, you're, uh, when you're watching on TV. And so I'll never forget, this is a game where Bryce had not ever hit a walk-off before, and uh, we're sitting there watching it on TV, and then all of a sudden, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a key moment in the game, Bryce is up to bat, and all of a sudden we hear, Rah! I mean, the whole neighborhood just going crazy. And Autumn says to me, what's going on? And I go, I bet Bryce hit a, and then all of a sudden on TV, we watch it and six seconds delayed from the moment that it actually happened. We heard it and then we saw it, but the roar of the crowd was so loud. It just was so much fun. Some of you who live in these buildings, you need to do that. Turn it on TV and then make sure you're listening to what's happening around you. The roar of the crowd, it was so exciting and it was so much fun. Now, I do have to tell you this, the loudest cheering I've ever heard happened at the Texas Rangers ballpark. I grew up in Texas and Texas has been terrible at baseball forever. They had two good years and they've been terrible ever since. And so just the way it goes, there were two magic years there with a guy named Josh Hamilton, uh, where it was fun to watch. And so all that to say, on my bucket list was to go to a World Series game. And so first year, they played the uh, San Francisco Giants, got decimated. But the second year in the World Series, they played the St. Louis Cardinals, and twice they got within one strike of winning the World Series. They were so close, one pitch away from winning the World Series. All that to say, I got a ticket to game five and got to go to a World Series game when Texas was playing. And there was a catcher for Texas that year named Mike Napoli. You remember Napoli? And so here's the deal. That game we were at, Napoli ended up getting most of the RBIs for the Rangers. 
And I'm telling you, the stadium chanted, Napoli, Napoli, and they chanted it so loud. I'm telling you, the stands shook. Both Autumn and I was like, we could feel our chest shaking because it was just so heavy with the cheers. And in fact, they won that game. It was the last World Series game that the Rangers would win. And at that game, they chanted so loud, 30 minutes after the game, the fans were still screaming, Napoli, Napoli. Now, here's what's interesting. We get in Luke chapter 15, what makes heaven cheer that same way? What is it that makes heaven cheer so loudly that Jesus would say, man, the angels rejoice in heaven when this thing happens. Are you ready? Look with me if you will. Luke chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 1. What shakes the stadium in heaven uh, with the praises of the angels? Look at this. It says verse 15, a little story here. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners... We're all gathering around to hear Jesus. These are the imperfect people, and they have a reputation for being imperfect. Now, the tax collectors and sinners are all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees, these are the people who are imperfect but have a reputation for acting perfect. It says, but the Pharisees said, and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes the sinners and eats with them. Now, look at what Jesus does in response. It says, Jesus then told them this parable. Suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he does find it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls together his friends and neighbors and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Now you ready for verse seven? Here's the theology. I tell you the truth that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Stop right there for just a minute. In the same way, we rejoice over a home run at a critical time, over a great play in a game at a critical time, over something big that happens for our team or for our city. In the same way, it says the angels in heaven rejoice when? When a sinner comes to repentance, specifically when someone who knows better comes back to Almighty God. It's so interesting because in a lot of ways, we feel like judgment and condemnation come our way when we come back to Almighty God after we've wandered. But rather, Jesus tells us, when a sinner comes to repentance, when someone who's a believer makes their way back home, that's what makes the crowd roar in heaven. If you're taking notes, write this down. The response of heaven to repentance is shouts of joy, not judgment and snark. Let me say that again. The response of heaven to repentance is shouts of joy, not judgment and snark. So we're going to go through something very interesting today. Um, Just the same way you would hear a crowd roar with excitement. You ever been at a crowd before and a crowd before where like a player got injured? I'm telling you, when the injury happens, there's almost a groan in place or there's dead silence. Or you ever had a bad call from a referee? Man, I'm telling you, they put that thing on the jumbotron and replay it over and over again because they want the crowd response to be anger and turn into passion as they cheer for them later. Here's what's interesting. When a sinner comes to repentance... Heaven does not respond in anger. Heaven does not respond in judgment. There is rejoicing amongst the angels when a sinner comes to repentance. The devil wants you thinking that God looks and says, I told you so. There is rejoicing when someone who knows the truth finds their way back. So here's our big million dollar question today. How does a wayward Christian find their way back? How does a wayward Christian find their way back? For some of you today... This message 
is the whole reason that you are here. Maybe you came and volunteered at night to shine and your friend suckered you into coming to church today to watch the little video that we just showed. If that's you, no one's here by accident. And you need to know if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart today to repent, no one's here by accident and we are going to lay the roadmap back for you on how to get back to fellowship with Almighty God. But listen, there are also going to be some of you here today who you're in fellowship with God with someone you love dearly 